If you are leading change, building a team, or implementing new procedures, Gonzaga University's online Master's in Organizational Leadership gives you the tools for success. With concentrations in change, global, and servant leadership, you'll get the most relevant training and education to help you tackle any challenge. Visit gonzaga.edu leader and find out how Gonzaga's organizational leadership degree can affect positive change in your life and career. That's gonzaga.edu leader. Dr. Trudy Fleer here with the 5G Home Recovery Podcast. Let's discuss a very real existential threat to internet speed. It's a big one. Ready? T-Mobile Home Internet. It lags. Now what is lag? Lag is a delay in data being transmitted across the internet. For example, you're hitting that hot drop, the parachute cuts out, you've got an unsuspecting bot in your sights, and lag! You were actually eliminated 10 seconds ago. Nobody deserves that. So stop letting T-Mobile home internet ruin everything and switch to Xfinity. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash T-MoFacts. Today, Nick and Eric are joined once again by Carl, who is down in Mobile, Alabama, covering the Senior Bowl for Mile High Huddle to recap day two of the Senior Bowl. This podcast was recorded on the evening of January 24th. Things may have changed since then. Welcome to the Huddle Up Podcast, your go-to show for all things Broncos. Once again, Broncos country, it is time to huddle up draft style. I am your weekly host here, Nick Kendall. And with me, as always, I have Eric Trickle, who's becoming a a regular guest here on the Huddle Up show. And the man of the hour covering the Senior Bowl down in Mobile, Alabama, Carl Dummler. Carl, how are you doing? I am doing fantastic. It has been a great day. I got to pretty much stand right next to John Elway for a while. Uh, Nick Saban was right next to me at one point. It is. Yeah. (laughs) There's still those times. I think even other people you you see as soon as like Nick Saban walked in the room, even like the big name guys were like in awe of who's standing next to him. So it's been been great that way. Finally got my suitcase so so I can change my underwear. Uh, Very excited about that. (laughs) I'm sure everybody else is, too. Yeah. But yeah. So, no, it's been a great day down here. Lots and lots going on. Oh, my goodness. I, I can't believe how great of an experience this has been. That's awesome, man. I am very jealous of you still, but still living vicariously through you. I'm sure your phone has been blowing up every time you tweet. I am retweeting the <laughs> heck out of it. So yeah, and I see I, your I Twitter to... followers have exploded too. Yeah, yeah. Thankfully, Chad has been helping me out with that just because I have so much information coming in. He's kind of been running my, my Twitter a little bit for me. Oh, okay. And okay. so – then I then I check a little bit later and I'm going, oh man, I better answer a few things here. But no, he's been doing a great job with that and and letting me keep my eyes on the field. Well, that's awesome. Eric, I would ask you how you're doing, but I don't really care. No, <laughs> no one ever really does. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Jealous of everybody that's down in Mobile. I'm really looking forward to trying to get down there next year. Hopefully I'm able to, but I'm right now I'm still jealous. And I hate Carl because he's down there, so <laughs> Love you I too. can never hate Carl. I can never hate him, but I'm just like, you know, I want to kill him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, oh, that, that's, yeah. that's how we are. Well, the Huddle Up 2018 draft show's focus is all things that relate to your Denver Broncos as it pertains to the upcoming NFL draft. 
With Carl, Eric, and myself as Draftaholics, we will be bringing you fresh insight and analysis each and every week, maybe sometimes more than once a week. It's player value, scheme and personnel fits, and general draft-related banter. We're here for you. Follow myself on Twitter, at NickKendallMHH. Follow Carl on Twitter, at CarlDumblerMHH. And follow Eric on Twitter, at Eric Trickle for all your Denver Bronco draft needs and information because we tweet the heck out of all these events and have a lot of back-and-forth banter. I mean, right before we were doing this, Eric and I were in the chat room, and we were literally going back-and-forth on defensive backs at the Senior Bowl, which <laughs> it's – I mean, we were, we're literally always going back-and-forth at each other. It's like we have no lives. Guys, yeah, we have no lives. Of, that's part of the thing of evolving as an analyst, though, is having that, those discussions that can grow you as an evaluator. Yeah, Absolutely. You can also follow the podcast Twitter account at Huddle Up Pod and Mile High Huddle at Mile High Huddle, ironically, uh, where you can find all of our written content. And we're going to have scouting reports coming out and a lot of stuff from Carl from the Senior Bowl, which has been really great reads, Carl. I've really enjoyed those. And of course, got to say we're a part. Yeah, they've been great. We are a part of Scout.com, an affiliate of the CBS Sports Digital Network. We know you football listeners are as Bronco and draft crazy as we are. So please give us a click and subscribe to us on iTunes, as well as Stitcher. And don't forget to share us on Facebook and Twitter. We wouldn't be here today without you listeners. So as a call to action, please go take the time and go to iTunes or Spreaker to rate and subscribe to let your voices be heard on how you enjoy the show. All right, Carl, well, now that we got the underwear question out of the way, that you have clean underwear with your suitcase, we can get to football. <laughs> right. And the South started off today. No, no, the North started off today. And yeah, that meant the Broncos were out there and... I got to ask, did you see the tweet from Nikki where Baker Mayfield hit that accurate pass and that netting and then Josh Rosen missed the the apparatus completely? Did you see that one? That one was making the rounds around Twitter. I, I did see it. I, I, I did see it. And it has oh. made its way around the web for sure. I had a guy sitting next to me that is a, another Bronco rider. And he said he had a person that's a, a Dallas fan send it to him. He, he hadn't seen mm-hmm. it or anything. And I missed that part of the practice. And or I was at another part of it, and yeah, so it's it's making its way around the web for sure. I don't well, know, did I, you did you see my video that I tweeted out with uh, Alan throwing and he overthrew the receiver by like seven yards, right? Yeah, it was bad. He he is either like the best throw of the day, or so far off that you're just like, what was that? I, I don't I don't know how you're that opposite on one throw to the next. Like, oh, I guess I do know. For him, here's the thing. Deep throws, he was incredible today. There's no way to get around it. He had the best deep ball of any quarterback today. He had two throws to the corner of the end zone from about 40 yards out, right over the defender, right to the receiver, no issues. He would follow that up on a – usually they'd run like a quick slant play, about 10, 15 yards down the field, and he would miss the receiver so bad. He he struggles at those intermediate throws, and he struggles at the – the throws to the middle of the field, any kind of out route, any kind of corner route. He is the best quarterback here. Everything else. There's a lot of other guys at this thing that I would rate above him. Yeah, that's very interesting. And I guess that's got to bring us on to Baker Mayfield. I heard some people say that he had a great practice today. I heard some people say he was so, so Uh, where do you stand on how he did today? Can I stay, say I stand in the middle? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's that's no, honestly, I, I, more people like that. We need more people in the middle. Yeah, I. No, <laughs> there, he missed some throws today. There, there's no getting around it. He had some times where he just accuracy wise wasn't quite there. That doesn't mean he's not an accurate quarterback. I think there's for him. I think there's two struggles right now. A lot, especially he's 
he is almost requesting that he plays from under center on almost every single rep. Other guys will play from shotgun. He wants to play from under center. He is putting himself in a place of weakness because he wants to get better. That is something to really take note of. I like how that. much he is just, yeah, I, I do too. Uh, so he, like I said, he's working on some things and I think it is affecting his accuracy just a little bit. Some of his timing. The other thing I think is going on with him is he is used to such better athletes, possession kind of receivers here where Oklahoma has a lot more speed quickness kind of guys. And so you see on some of the slant patterns, especially he's expecting his guy to be a lot further down the field than he is. And so there's just a, a little bit hair of, of timing with some of those guys. I don't, I don't think that's an accuracy issue. I think that's more of a timing issue. And, and that just happens. You're, you're working with guys. You're, you're expected all of a sudden you got three days with them and you're expected to all of a sudden have this great rapport with them. It, it doesn't happen that way. So there, there's just some of that with him. The other thing that really, really stuck out to me is every time that they would switch drills, he would be the first guy there. He set the example of what kind of, of tone he wanted to, to set for the entire team. He was the leadership. He leads, by the way, he, he talks. You can tell every time he speaks, players just heads go straight up, look at him. But he also leads by example. He doesn't expect another guy to, to go into an all-out sprint if he's not willing to do it himself. So again, I'm, I'm seeing things about his leadership that I, I'd heard about, but until you see it yourself, you just can't believe some of the stories. I mean, it, it really is. He has been a very impressive kid this week. About Baker Mayfield, I tweeted out something earlier, and I just wanted to get your opinion on it because everything that I've been able to gather from Twitter and from my sources that are there is that Baker Mayfield started out rough and he was the best quarterback at the end. And Josh Allen was the worst at the end, but started off the best. Would you agree with that kind of sentiment, sort of? Yeah, that, that's exactly it. Allen, at the very beginning of practice, that's when he hit his two deep balls that were just perfect. That everybody was just like, oh, my goodness, how'd that happen? And then by the end of practice, it was hard to see him complete a pass. Yeah, didn't Unless he? Unless it was at, a very scheduled. At, Go ahead. Towards the end of practice, didn't he throw like two interceptions towards the end or one? I can't, I can't remember. I remember seeing that he threw at least one, but I'm not sure if he threw two. I only saw the one, but it wouldn't shock me that he, that he threw two with how things are on Twitter. Sometimes it's hard to tell with, if two people are talking about the same play or different plays. So that's, I wasn't sure if it was two plays or just the one. So. Right. Right. No, he, he did. He had his struggles and, and Baker both, both days. He has started off a little bit rough, but got better. And again, I think that's a great to not letting the, the little things early on get to him cover and prove the, the type of quarterback that he is, that he should be a top five, top 10 pick kind of quarterback. I, I, I love that. There, there's just so many things that he has shown, even in his mistakes, he wants to go out there and, and show something. I, I have an article coming out here pretty soon about just some of my notes and my, my winners and losers of the day and, and he was one of my winners in big part because of how he improved on his ability to uh, his technique of just being under center. He did not look like he was trying to do a lunge like he did the first day. That, that first day, his left leg was so far back at the start of the step that I, I don't even know how he, he stayed up kind of thing on, on a few of the reps. Today, he looked very natural being under center. He 
just looked like a quarterback that had been doing it for a long time. So to see that kind of improvement from day one to day two, one, it shows me I know he had to work on that a lot after practice. He was doing a lot of reps during practice, but he had to do something after practice to improve that much from day one to day two. So that, that's something to really take note of too with him, that he is willing to work on the things that are not great. I want to touch on one of your points that you had where you mentioned the the supporting cast that he had at Oklahoma. And that's something that I think it's kind of hard to contextualize, I guess. But looking over this Oklahoma roster right now, the both his wide receivers, his tight end, and I think both his running backs, I would not be surprised, go drafted as high or higher than anybody at the Senior Bowl. I mean, you have a freshman, C.D. Lamb, who's a five-star recruit, who's a really, really talented player. He won't be drafted for two more years, but he could be a first-round pick. Marquise Brown is kind of a smaller speedster guy, but he's he's probably faster. More like You're saying he needs those deep ball guys? I think Marquise Brown averaged like 20 yards of reception this year. He was insane. Uh, Mark Andrews, obviously, a very talented tight end. Dallas Goddard probably would give him a run for his money, but Goddard's out, he's so out. you don't have that. Yeah, exactly. And then you have Rodney Anderson, who could be running back one next season, and Trey Sermon, I think another five-star uh, freshman running back there. So you make a good point about the talent level that he had around Oklahoma, but it's not something that – I mean, they don't have chemistry with these guys. So it, as much of right. an excuse as it is for Baker Mayfield, it's also for every single quarterback. And since you don't have that chemistry, it's it's definitely something to, to note. But the, also the different talent levels – is important as well. But no, I'm excited about how Baker's been doing. He's definitely a guy that listening to the Broncos uh, speak, you know, the coaches and everything, they sound very intrigued by the guy, definitely more so than what I've heard from Josh Allen. I'm sorry to the Wyoming listeners of the podcast. I don't think Josh Allen's probably as high on the board as Baker Mayfield. I mean, I'm not, I don't have the board in front of me. They haven't given that to me yet, but I I would, I think that's a pretty safe bet. Um, But other than that, do any of the other quarterbacks really stand out today? I mean, I saw that you said, the Patriots saw Kyle Latula, Latella from Richmond. Laletta, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, Laletta's maybe been the worst quarterback here. Oh, well, there you so, go. <laughs> I, I, I had to me that after I said that the Patriots were meeting with them, that we got to go get him because we can't let the Patriots get him. And I'm going, let the Patriots get him. <laughs> Please yeah. let the Patriots get him. If they think he's the turn to Tom Brady, they are in for a world of hurt moving forward he's been inaccurate which is something i didn't think i'd see from him because he showed pretty good accuracy on his college games that i watched but he's just been all over the place he just seems like he's overwhelmed by this whole process right now Hmm. uh other quarterbacks luke falk i have to say i've been a lot more impressed with him than i thought i would be at this event he has had very good timing on some of his passes he probably actually started off other than Allen with his two deep passes that he hit Luke Falk started off the day the best of any of the quarterbacks. He had about three straight passes where he was perfect timing. Receiver hadn't even come out of his break yet, and he was already releasing it. And just hit him right in stride. Loved it. And then, like, I I think I was messaging, I think I was messaging Chad about it. And right as I'm messaging it, he throws an interception. Ah, So it it was bad. And then he really struggled after that. He just wasn't accurate. He didn't really trust his eyes as much. So it's one of those things that things can turn real quick, good or bad at this event. You got limited reps. You got to make or break real quick on a lot of things. So he started off decent. And and like I said, he's shown some things. If he gets in the right offense with the right coaches and continues to develop on some of his just reading a defense, I think he could do okay. 
he's not going to be anything ever that's great by any means because he's limited uh, just arm talent wise. But no, he's I he's one that's kind of stood out a little bit to me. Uh, Mike White and I'm trying to remember his last name. Brandon Brandon Silvers. Brandon Silvers. Or yeah, the the two of them they've been up and down, but they've shown at times some NFL talent. They've shown some uh, some good some good velocity on the football, some decent timing at times. Again, they just the word for the quarterbacks this week has been inconsistent. None of them have been from from the start of practice to the end of practice. Everything looking just great. They've had their struggles at different times. So, and, and like I said, there, there's so many reasons that that could be happening. But yeah, other than when Baker Mayfield, I'm not really seeing any guys that I'm saying, Broncos, go get this guy. Well, there you go. Have you heard anything, Eric? Uh, I actually wanted to talk about Kyle Oletta because you said that he's been one of the worst quarterbacks there. Mm-hmm. Everything that I, else that I'm seeing on Twitter is saying, talking about how great he's been. Huh. So it, it's funny because um, I actually tweeted this out earlier too is that. The, opinion, the tweets coming out from the Senior Bowl, you kind of have to watch it because it's with all the quarterbacks, it's with a lot of the players, is that one person's talking about how great they did this rep and another person's talking about how bad they did. And normally the right. truth's somewhere in the middle. Right. But, well, and it's This is the thing. when Usually what has happened is they've seen maybe three or four reps of them in a row, and then they go and their eyes are looking somewhere else on the field. And so if they did really well in those three or four reps – then they're going to say good things about him. If they did terrible, they're going to say, oh, they had a terrible day. There's just so much going on. Yeah. They have an entire field that they're, they're dividing up groups, and you can't watch all of them at the same time. And so, like I said, even with I mean, my tweets, I like to think that I know I'm, what I'm looking at here, but I'm missing things. I, I, I've missed a couple of interceptions. Somebody said – to me earlier, I, I was talking about a quarterback, and they said, oh, did you see that interception? I said, no, I was down watching the offensive line at that time. <laughs> so it, it's just, like I said, it's just overwhelming. You got you to gotta learn to focus on what you want to focus on and yeah. kind of be okay with missing some of the other and just kind of divide up your days of, today I want to watch the offensive line. Okay, go do that. It just, like I said, you can't watch everybody and get a great opinion on them all in one day. Yeah, that's where it would be great to have multiple people from Mile Huddle down there is that we could split it up and watch different – focus on one certain thing of, for everybody. But, yeah, definitely with all that stuff going on, it's definitely hard for one person to catch everything. Right. Dibs on the big uglies. <laughs> Me and Bill Collar going to go at it. We're going to go wrestle some bears. <laughs> and I want I want to talk let, – let's just jump into that then. All right, the big uglies good. because yeah. uh, th- this is a this is a good group, and I think this is a group the Broncos have been paying very close attention to. And I want to start off Harrison Phillips of Stanford. Let's start with that guy because he is one of the bigger name guys for the defensive line, especially. He has probably spent the most time with Bill Kolar of any of the players here. He is like just on his hip pocket every practice, asking him questions, trying to work on hand technique with him. And I don't think I've seen Kolar yell at him yet, which is that, that says something about the kid. Kolar yells at everybody, and I, I haven't seen him yell at this kid. He just he shows great technique. He shows great hustle. He is he's just everything you, you want in a, in a player like him. I, I've really impressed, been impressed with him. And then somebody you would ask me yesterday about Nick was B.J. Hill. 
Yes. So I watched him a little closer today. I'm trying to come up with the best nickname for him, and I thought either Wreck-It Ralph or Wrecking Ball. I like both. One of the two, because everything he hits is wrecked. Oh, my goodness. He just destroyed people today. And I don't know if it's a little bit of the interior offensive line of the North isn't quite as good, other than Will Hernandez. He's. I'll get to him here in just a minute, but the rest of them have not been good. And he has put some guys, B.J. Hill has, and just he's shown strength. He's shown quickness. He had a spin move today that had the crowd going, oh, he had a spin move. Yeah, that dude is six, three, 320 pounds. It was beautiful, too. Somebody got a um, video of it up on Twitter. Oh, my gosh. My heart is throbbing. You'll you'll have to send that to Nick because it was I everybody had to do a double take. Like, did that just happen? There's no way a guy that size should be able to do that. It looked like Vaughn. It wasn't Vaughn Miller, but (laughs) I'm being a little over dramatic there. But it was it was impressive. The name that keeps getting thrown yeah. out that I've heard multiple times is Lebanon Joseph, who's one arguably one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL. I, I can't really disagree with it, honestly. He has. He's wow. been so much more impressive here than what I thought I saw on tape with him. It's because and... your eyes go to Chubb. <laughs> honestly, I mean, that's yeah. it's hard not to watch Chubb when you're watching NC State's line. But Hill's, Hill's been good. Yeah, Justin Jones has been good, too. He he's had a he's not been as impressive as BJ Hill, but he's had his moments too. Uh, some other guys there on the defensive line, Kamoko Ture, he he's been very very athletic. He's not technique wise, he is not great, but he has been winning a lot with just sheer athleticism. Guy that I can see is that maybe mid to late round pick that you work to develop, maybe year two, three, four for you. But, again, the, the defensive line of the North has really dominated the offensive line of the North. It's not even been close. Other than uh, Will Hernandez, Bronco fans, you are not going to get him in the second round of the draft anymore. Yeah. No, there's talk, there's talk of top 15, if not top 10 with him. Like, his stock is skyrocketed. It is well-deserved. Yeah. The biggest it's concern with him was absolutely. the level of competition, and he's answering the call. He is. There's plays where, honestly, as soon as he makes contact with the defender, the play just stops there. It doesn't matter what the defender tries to do, of trying to do any kind of technique to get away or get to the side. The only direction he is going to go is backwards. He has embarrassed people this week. Absolutely embarrassed them. And then he, he's not afraid to let them know. There, there was a couple plays. He has frustrated the defensive players so much the only way that they could try to beat him was after the whistle was blown, take a swing at him. Wow. He had about two or three times guys took swings at him today because he just embarrassed them so bad that they had to get their ego back a little or something. It was, it was fun to watch. That's awesome. Yeah, he's somebody that's really definitely impressed me from what I've seen, and I was hoping that Broncos would have a chance at him in round two, but that, that dream needs to be killed. Unfortunately, I mean, obviously something did happen. He could fail a drug test or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But right now he looks like a round one guy at guard and I, he's not going to challenge Quentin Nelson, but he's as he probably could be as any or as good as any guard that's come out in a bit. So very yeah. exciting. Definitely. Now, How about I, the tackles? I, I heard Tyrell Crosby did okay. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. So, say that again. I was going to ask you here. Oh, uh, there's, there's a rumor going around here that Hernandez 
requested to be on the North squad. Is that true? Yes, that is true. Okay. He wanted to work with um, the uh, Kugler, Jean, um, how do you say his name? Kugler. Kugler. Yeah. He wanted yeah. to work with him. Okay. Everybody around here was kind of going that they'd heard that rumor, but they didn't know who started it. I'm pretty sure so, senior uh, Phil Savage said something about it that he requested. Did he? Okay. Sure. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, but now moving on to the offensive tackles. Tyrell Crosby had a little bit better day. He still lost a couple reps, especially when he went up against, I always get this name wrong, Okoronkwo. You got it. Okoronkwo. You got it. Okoronkwo. There we go. But he's pretty much dominated everybody. He's been a guy that I've just been very, very impressed with. But Crosby, like I said, otherwise he held his own today. They put Crosby next to Hernandez most of the day. Wow. And that was was unfair. That was absolutely unfair to do that. They they opened up some massive holes. So they, they were fun to watch. Another guy that was really very impressive to me today was Brett Toth, the Army offensive tackle. He Calm down, is, Eric. <laughs> he is very, very impressive. He, he has, of all the offensive tackles, he has the best technique of any of them. Wow. He does the best job of, of keeping his weight over his feet, not getting himself out of position. He doesn't panic on anything. He does so well handling, especially those second moves where a guy gets stonewalled and tries to break back inside. He just doesn't panic at anything. He is just steady as a rock. I, I'm very, very impressed by him. He's not the strongest guy. He's not going to overwhelm you with strength or anything like that, but he's going to consistently do well for you. So he's a guy I know. Eric, is this right? He's got two years that he's got to go serve in the Army? Yes. He has to serve two years okay. of active duty. Right. Okay. Nick was actually so the one who he's a guy that, brought that to my attention. Yeah. I forgot about it. Okay. Right. So th- there is that, but he is worth it. He's one of those guys, you know, s- s- save him for a, a later date. Use a, use a late round pick on him and you're going to get maybe second or third round type value for him. I have after a question. His two years of active duty. I have a question about that. With the two years active duty, do you have to keep him on the active roster? No. For the rights? He's, he would be signed and he goes on to the reserve um, – uh, reserve active duty list or something like that. Ben Garland was on it for a while when okay. he was, had to be a have active duty. Because if he had to be like on the active 53 or something, that would really suck for him. Yeah. So. It, no, that's not the case. Okay. And, good. Uh, good. That's, that's with, fair. With Toth, I had a couple of scouts tell me is that the big question for him was his pass blocking because at army he's run, he's mainly run blocking out of a three point stance, three point stance and that they are all shocked with how, not that his pass blocking's great. They're just as they're just shocked at how good it actually is. Yeah. So hey, this guy, he's even with that two years active service, I think he can probably go that fifth round. Like, I love that he's tearing it up. Yeah, he's he's been fun. I I don't know. I of all the offensive tackles that are here, probably Kappa would be my favorite, just as that immediate impact kind of guy. But Toth would be that next guy. Have you not been impressed by Note Boom at all? I have been. I, I do have him in my notes for the okay. for the South team. We haven't quite got to the South team yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, he he is in my notes. I, I he's had some impressive moments. He just a couple times he gets himself out of position. Yeah, You're, he just he lunges. 
but the yeah. frame and the athleticism, I think, are there and the power. Yeah. There's a video going around of um, Shaquem Griffin just owning Nopum, and it is outstanding. Not so much for Nopum, but for just what Griffin brings to the table. Griffin, I, I listened to his – I sat in on one of his interviews today, and what they're asking him to do and how well he continues to perform is, is just outstanding. I am so heated that he's not invited to the Combine. Yes. He talked like, about that. He actually hey. called them. Huh. He said that he called them to ask if that was true because he had heard the rumor that he wasn't invited. And they said, yes, it is true. You have not been invited. You're on a waiting list. If other guys drop out, we'll, we'll include you. That's, that's such that's a BS. That's, 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 uh, BS. We're going to keep yeah. it PG here, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is. And, and he handled it well. I was very impressed at his his demeanor when he was asked the question about it. He's just like, well, it is what it is. And I'll just keep moving forward. Oh, man. So, it, it, but he's a cool guy. He said that so far in practice, he's been asked to play defensive end off ball linebacker and safety yeah. and special teams. Yeah. He's, he's he pretty much played everything. <laughs> and there was a so, rumor he, uh, going around that one of the coaches went up to him and not sure if he would, the coach was being serious or not, but was talking to him about going out and playing boundary corner. So I, I'm pretty sure it's just them joking around with how much they're doing with him. But if they do, that yeah. would just be hilarious. They might as well. And I'm sure he'd do decent at it. I don't think he'd be great, but he's, <laughs> he, he's actually, I'm pretty impressed at his awareness. That's something that's really stuck out. He's usually the first guy to react to a certain, to a play of if it's going off opposite side of the field, he is hustling to that side of the field to go try to make a play. When it's coming his direction, he's right there. He had a deadly spin move today. Guy that just left the guy in the dust. He's about tripping over his own feet to let the guy go. And and Griffin just yeah, he he's he's a football player. That's that's what I can say about him. That's so awesome. I'm I really hope that he does get a chance at the combine just because he definitely has earned it. But speaking about off-ball linebackers, a guy that I've heard some buzz on, uh, back to the North roster here, Fred Warner from Brigham Young, BYU. He's measured in 6'3", 235, so he has that good size for that off-ball linebacker. And people are saying he's flying around. Uh, can you confirm, has he been that impressive so far, or is he somebody that's kind of nondescript for you to date? I, I don't have any notes on him so far. Although I haven't really watched much of the off-ball linebackers other than when they've done some drills – where they've been asked to cover tight ends and running backs. And th there's a couple guys there that made a couple plays, but for the most part, the off-ball linebackers have been getting burned in those drills bad. Now it sets up for them to fail. Yeah. They're not as athletic. They're not, they're, they're asked to play in a lot of space. And the reason they're done well for them. They're reason they're like, yeah. <laughs> but no, he, tomorrow getting a little bit more time looking at off-ball linebackers but so far He's that's the one. kind of been a group the one I would they take them more. yeah they 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 take them off into a whole new section them I, i've been watching a lot of the the trenches and the quarterbacks because that's kind of been where i think the broncos are, are looking a lot too i know they're looking off-ball linebacker too but it, yeah like i said that's more of tomorrow for me yeah for sure um but looking over the Running backs and wide receivers, uh, what are you thinking about there? What has caught your eyes? I know that's kind of more of your bread and butter. 
So running back wise, there's only two guys that I feel like have done anything of worth that I, I just, at least running back wise, that, that, there's a lot of guys that have done some things receiving wise. Your, your boy Wadley, he's been a great receiving option. He's got speed. He's got quickness. When he gets in space, he's tough to bring down. Running back wise, he has not been impressive. The, the two guys that have really stuck out as just running backs are, are Rashad Penny and Jalen Samuels. Those are, yeah, sorry, I was just trying to remember their names. But Jalen Samuels, he's shown great patience. And when a hole opens up, he has shown incredible explosion to get through that hole. He has been great in space as a receiving option as well. Rashad Penny, he is so smooth. You, you don't believe how smooth he is as a runner until you see it live. Mm. There's just something different about, for some reason, being on TV and being live. But he just... He just looks so effortless when he's making a move. He's also been very good on special teams. I, I feel a little bit bad for the South team. About half their practice seems to be special teams play. Mm. I don't know why they're doing that. I don't know. I, I mean, I guess it makes sense for the Texans. Teams. The Texans have like only late picks, so they're probably looking for immediate special teams help there. That's true. That that could be a big part of it. I don't know, but I feel like they're doing a little bit of a disservice to some of their players, but. Uh, no, he's he's looked good as a special teams returner. I, I don't know. Those are the only two running backs that I'd really say I wouldn't mind the Broncos going and getting. All right. Well, we still have some to get to, but first we got to talk to you about our VIP flash sale that we are giving right now. We're running a five for one sale. Get five months of Mile High Huddle Premium for the price of one. The Huddle Up podcast is an extension of what we do at MileHighHuddle.com. Our approach to covering the Broncos isn't just about reporting the news. Everybody does that, and in fact, most sites stick with the newswire. What we focus on is breaking down the Broncos in depth, whether it's all 22 film reviews, X's and O's, deep dives on player evaluation, and now leading to the offseason, the NFL draft and free agency analysis. We save our best and most in-depth content for our VIP subscribers, our premium members. To become a Mile High Huddle VIP and get access to 100% of our written analysis, just click the green banner on top of the website. Click the monthly option and you'll be locked in for five months which will take you all the way up until almost the start of training camp. And if you choose to stay with us as VIPs, it'll only cost you about $5 per month. Premium cup of joe. From there, you get access to everything we produce, which includes any insider information we pick up along the way, including what we learn about Denver's intentions as it pertains to the NFL draft. We work hard to bring you the best Broncos coverage analysis on the web, and we are asking you for your support by becoming a VIP subscriber. And now's the time with our flash sale. Pull the trigger, and you have my word, you won't be disappointed. Just to kind of give... Our, our listeners, a taste of what VIP can bring to you. Today I was talking to a, a Browns, pretty pretty decent person within the Browns, and this is what I was told. They are planning on going Sam Darnold with the number one pick, and they will not trade that number one pick. They will take a quarterback with it. Right now Sam Darnold is their top pick, though. So as many people I know, Josh Allen has been kind of the talk of, uh, some people have said that's who the, the Browns really want. Nope, it's Sam Darnold. Very disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Wanted him as a Bronco, but it is what it is. Well, what can you do? And then with that fourth pick, uh, I better not say anything. But moving on, <laughs> wide receivers. Yeah. So wide receiver-wise, a guy that really stuck out today that was not great yesterday, Jamon Moore of Missouri. Mm. He is quick. He is, he's got the long speed to, to beat you deep. And today, finally, yesterday he had terrible hands. He beat a lot of guys with his route running. But he just dropped pass after pass after pass. 
and just wasted such great opportunities. Today, he took a full advantage of his, his time of winning his routes. A very, very impressive kid. The other guy, James Washington, he has dominated this thing. He had a couple early drops today, which he didn't have yesterday. But after that, he got right back to where he was. Great hands, great route running, good long speed. Just did everything that you could ask for from a wide receiver. The only problem for him is he's on the South squad that doesn't have quarterbacks that can get him the football. Ah, of course. And Michael Gallup, I've heard, has been doing pretty well also for the Colorado people in here. He's He's been okay. I haven't been as impressed. Hmm. He's dropped a lot of passes. Oh. And even when he's caught some passes, they've been where he had to re-catch it because he, it hit off his hands and he had to re-catch it. And to me, in the NFL, those aren't going to be catches. You, you don't usually have that opportunity to to readjust. You're not running against air. You're having somebody come and hit you as you're trying to bumble to catch that football. So, like I said, I, I haven't been as impressed with him as I've heard some other people have been. But I, I'm a big stickler on you catch it the first time, you run good routes, you have good feet. I, I just the, the little details, and he hasn't had it. Mm. Well, with, that's too bad. With Gallup, though, he was the. I actually find this kind of cool is that he was the fastest player yesterday, clocked at like twenty point six miles per hour or something like that, and it wasn't when he was running deep. It was just after he came out of a break that they clocked him at that. I find that ridiculous. Did you see how fast Josh Allen's speed today off one of his fastballs was? No, I didn't. It was like 61 miles an hour. Oh, my gosh. Jeez. That's like that's breaking fingers fast. <laughs> that's, why, had, that's why there's all those drops, man. Yeah. yeah, he had one throw to Michael Gallup that I most of us thought Gallup was going to catch it in his face mask because he barely got his hands up, and it knocked him to the ground. It was It was crazy. So I, I do feel for the receivers here. They are they are having to catch some fastballs, that's for sure. There were two receivers that I wanted to ask you about, and uh, one of them we've talked about before on the podcast, and that's uh, Alan Lazard, because we're talking about how good his hands are, but everything I'm hearing is that he is having drop after drop after drop at the Senior Bowl. He has been terrible. Yeah. Route running – Rounds everything off. He's slow out of his breaks. He doesn't have long speed to separation. He's been terrible. He got yelled at by the Bronco coaches so much today. He, he did one drill where they were having to run through some cones, and the, court, the, the coaches kept going, get your eyes up, stop loans. And the face mask tried to get the point across that he was looking down too much. So he, he's been uh, terrible. He's been one of my worst performers at the Senior Bowl so far. I feel vindicated. I feel vindicated. I was right. <laughs> Dang it. I know. Dang it. That's a shame because I felt with a good week, he could be, he could have risen into that late third, early fourth round. But now I think he's going to stick in that fifth, sixth round, if not drop lower. Uh, the other receiver I wanted. Uh, it very much could be. The other receiver I want to ask about is my guy. I think he's a sleeper. Uh, he didn't put have the production at Kansas State, but that's uh, Brian Pringle. And he brings it on offense. He brings it as a returner. And everything that I've gotten from guys that I have down there and what little bit I've seen on Twitter is that he is doing extremely well. He definitely is. He has made a name for himself here. I've heard him mentioned by a few different people. He's got some great route running. He's got some great long speed. 
the passes that he should catch, he's caught. He's had a couple others that I was really hoping he'd make the the great catch that he missed. But otherwise, he's just been very, very consistent on everything that he's done. That's great to hear for a guy that I have as a sleeper. I uh, Before, I kept having him in like that sixth or seventh round to Denver because they need a returner because Isaiah McKenzie's not it. And now I don't think Pringle will be there. I, he's His stock is rising. I, there's no doubt about that. He's a little bit older, though. I think he's like 25 or 24 already. He'll, he'll be 25 in November. So, Not yeah, he is a little bit older. Position. No. All right, and then we probably should move it along because we're already going longer than we wanted to. <laughs> Defensive backs. Um, there are some here that are pretty talented. Eric was telling me that Christian Campbell from Penn State's a guy that some people have been pretty high on. Uh, Duke Dawson from Florida, and then – my personal favorite defensive back on this entire event is Kaiser White from West Virginia. Safety played that uh, kind of that linebacker safety hybrid role at West Virginia, but I, I just I really like him. He's a guy that I was hoping probably wouldn't you know kill it at the Senior Bowl, and now he's looking like a guy who could probably be a top fifty pick. He he caught my eye a lot more yesterday, but that was because yeah. he had a lot more splash pit plays that I saw. But he he still had some moments today. Any of the defensive backs really stuck out for either the North or the South? MJ Stewart of North Carolina. He was one that, that stuck out. He got beat one one time really, really bad. He bit on a, a quick route, and then the guy cut out deep. But he bounced right back the very next play, knocked the ball out, stuck in the guy's hip on quite a few different plays. He's been aggressive. He's been physical. So he, he's one guy that's really caught my eye so far. I'm trying to think of who else really caught my eye from that secondary. The I know a guy that most people are really excited to watch was the the kid from uh, where Okorafor is from. Uh, West Terry's from. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't practice today, so everybody's pretty disappointed about that one. He had a really good day yesterday, I thought. He is very, very aggressive. He's very very athletic i was very impressed by that but i'm saying the word very a lot here <laughs> just because they, they they have some moments there the rest of them have had some different moments i i haven't they're another group that i want to watch a lot closer tomorrow yeah i was gonna ask you about mj stewart but you touched on him and then nick hinted at uh, the other one i wanted to ask about was christian campbell there's been a lot of talk that he is really improving his draft stock he had a great year last year and his play kind of fell off, and so people were thinking that maybe third or fourth round, but they're saying that his senior bowl performance has raised him back into top 50 consideration. What do you think of that kind of talk and stuff? Christian Campbell, yes. He is another one that I, I was sitting next to a couple guys, and we kept saying, who's that number one? Because I think that's what his number is here at yeah. the senior bowl. And, yeah, he made some nice, nice plays. He had a couple – he has terrible hands. <laughs> He dropped like two or three interceptions, which means he's there to make the play, but you got to finish it off. Yeah. So that, that would be my only thing about him was just finish some plays off. He, he would, he'd be the talk of the town if he had hands. That's why he plays cornerback. Pretty much. <laughs> it was a pretty famous saying with him today. Yeah. Well, the last guy I want to ask on, and Eric might have some questions for you, but the last guy I want to ask on is, did you catch that Jordan Atkins catch, the tight end from UCF? Apparently he had the catch of the entire senior bowl today so far, a one-handed catch in the end zone. I did not see that one. Okay. It was a 
in the red zone, but he had one where he just reached out that one hand and just snagged it with one hand. And he's, I mean, he's got good size, more of a move tight end, but six, three moves very well. So he's Broncos are on the market for a tight end. So he's somebody that I'm interested in to see how he does throughout this process and tests at the combine as well. I'll try to keep a closer eye on him tomorrow. Tight ends, they, they've kind of been hit and miss of, of whether they stick out or not. They haven't really yeah. been getting a whole lot of separation. Mm. Ian Thomas has run some really, really good routes. Mm. Otherwise, he hasn't had great hands, though. Yeah. Like each of them, there, there's something you can point to and say, ooh, I don't like that. But there's something that you can point to and say, oh, not too bad. It's a quantity over quality tight end group this year, it feels like. It is. Yeah. I guess I kind of lied. The other guy that real quick that I saw some people talking about that I'm interested in, especially because the Broncos tend to like players from the school, uh, Kylie Fitz from Utah. He looked like he was wrecking some fools today for that South roster. So he is one of the best high effort players at this thing. Awesome. He's, he's a hundred percent all the time, every play. It, it's, it's crazy watching him. He's a little bit limited. I watched him trying to bend around the edge on a couple plays and it just wasn't there. He, they ran some drills of them trying to run the circle. I thought he did some of the worst. I thought there were some defensive tackles that did better than him on some of that. But otherwise, like I said, he's a high-effort guy. He's going to be a coach's best friend. They're going to love what he brings to the team. Back to offensive line, I kept seeing people, and I would messaged this uh, to you on Facebook earlier too, and I just wanted to get your thoughts about it. They were talking about Cole Madison from Washington State. And there was like six or seven different plays of him. They're talking about how good he is and how well he's anchoring. But every single time, because they have that offensive lineman back there as the quarterback, so to speak, mm-hmm. that he's just getting pushed back right into his lap. Is Cole Madison having a good practices there to you or not? He's hit and miss. He'll have a couple of good reps, and then he'll follow it up, like you said, looking like he's on skates. Okay. So I, I, I wasn't all that impressed with him. I'm kind of going, I don't see the hype that some, some others, like you said, there are some people that have loved what they've seen. I'm not one of them. He's just, just another guy. Yeah. I guess a jag. <laughs> and it, it was, it was, I can't remember how many it was, but I, uh, six or seven different ones. And I was able to tell, cause it was, they were always a different uh, defensive lineman always. And it's just, I, I don't see how you can think that that's good and anchoring when he's sitting a foot in front of the offensive lineman that's supposed to be the quarterback. And the last right. question I have, and probably the most important question of this whole podcast is how many great practices have you heard from Vance Joseph so far? <laughs> <laughs> I I've only heard, heard a couple. He is kind of one. I, I've been impressed with how the Broncos have ran practice. I think that they've been the better practice team of the two. I, I know people say they get tired of hearing him talk about practice, but I, I do think he actually runs a pretty good practice. Yeah. I have really appreciated. He talked about the end of the year where he wanted to be more of, I'm going to be here to coach the coaches and then the coaches are going to be the guys to coach the players. And I think he's done a good job kind of almost. I always remember watching this with Kubiak when I went to training camp, Kubiak would more do the, I'm going to stand 20, 30 yards away from the play, take notes and more. I'm going to tell my coaches what I want them to tell the players. And, They'll stand at midfield and just kind of watch everything and just kind of be that, that manager that lets his guys go make, go, lets his coaches go coach. And, yeah. and they've done a really good job of that. I've been our new offensive line coach, our new wide receivers coach. Both of them have been great teachers. 
such a great job of taking guys, telling them, hey, this is what I'd like you to do this next play, and then watching that guy do it, and then coming back and saying, hey, see, that's why it works. And so both those guys have been very, very impressed. And, of course, Bill Kolar, he's been great. Herring. <laughs> Herring was the guy that was cussing up a storm today. Oh, my goodness. He was so mad at some of the linebackers. I love it. I got a little potty mouth myself, so I, I can relate. <laughs> yeah. The, the Broncos coaching staff is uh, – th- there's a lot of editing that they probably have to do with the NFL network when they're broadcasting some of this. That's <laughs> okay with me. All right. Well, it's been a long day for everyone. Maybe not Carl. No, he's just eating it up. He doesn't sleep anyway, so I'm not too worried about him. But we're going to wrap this up so that way he can prepare for tomorrow for his – his last day of practice. I know Vance Joseph and Carl are probably equally sad about that. But that's going to wrap up this episode of the Huddle Up 2018 NFL Draft Podcast. You can find Carl, and you should follow Carl on Twitter, at Carl Dumbler MHH, Eric, at Eric Trickle, and myself, at Nick Kendall MHH. Also make sure you head on over to Mile High Huddle, an affiliate of Scout.com, the CBS Sports Digital. You can also find ours and our co-writers' articles, not just related to the draft, but all things Denver Broncos, over at Mile High Huddle. You also should follow the Huddle Up podcast by subscribing to us on iTunes and for Android users, Stitcher, as well as check us out on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at Mile High Huddle and at Huddle Up Pod. Again, please be sure to subscribe and rate us and reach out to us as we love interacting with you fellow Bronco fans, especially as it pertains to the NFL draft. For Carl Dummler, Eric Trickle, I'm Nick Kendall wrapping up this episode of the Huddle Up Draft podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and we will see you tomorrow probably, maybe. We'll see. Depends if Carl's alive still. Get some sleep, Carl. <laughs> Um, he does have clean underwear, so he's been recharged. <laughs> I'm just that's that's gonna be your that's that's your stick from now on, Carl. I'm sorry, you're the underwear guy. <laughs> That'll wrap this up though. Thanks for tuning in. Go Broncos and go draft. Mile high huddle. Mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun with over eighty casino style games to choose from. You too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a world. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 